Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is mistakes of all of us singles. Let's find out what they are. Hello, friends. I'm Natasha Chandel, and you're listening to Kinda Dating. I have Aisha Holden. Welcome, welcome. What's up? Um, if you like today's episode, please remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it and leave us a five star rating or review. We are also on the social medias. We are at Kinda Dating across the board. Aisha, I'll let you start before I <laughs> plunder my shit. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it simple. I'm at Aisha Says Dance. Across the board. And since I am just a complicated person in life, <laughs> I am uh, at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. If you love me, you will really follow me. Because <laughs> you'll remember all that. I can't even. I have to write that shit down. Um, I have an awesome guest on the show today. He is a friend dare I say. Um, he is somebody I'm inspired by constantly and also a former colleague. Um, he's executive producer of Big Brother, American Grit, Pink Collar Crimes, and currently Gordon Ramsay's Unchartered, which is on National Geographic. I have John Kroll. Hi. What's up? I have no idea what I'm doing here unless you're trying to raise your your ratings in the middle-aged demographic. I totally am. <laughs> we want everybody to to listen to Kind of Dating. Oh, so I don't understand why this is called Kind of Dating because I've been on a date for 32 years. So Kind of Dating is because we are speaking to the current a trend that nobody says they're in a relationship anymore. And we're trying to figure out why that is. Um, and so for me, I talk from the point of view of like hardcore relationship girl who became a hardcore commitment phobe, who is now a reformed commitment phobe. So I feel like I can see it on both sides. Um, and so we kind of point out like and, and explore why the fuck we're all... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm a big I'm a shit. big fan of the whole relationship thing. Uh, yeah. I've been in my current one for 35 years now. I was just about you beat me to the punch, John. I was about to ask. I like bragging the, about the it. Question you know? we <laughs> ask awesome. everybody on the show. All you swipers, you know, who just can never find <laughs> so perfection. True. I found perfection early on, and Amazing. you know, it's. I'm just like it's always beautiful. shocked with like 35. I'm like, man, a long weekend for me is a lot with somebody. <laughs> Yeah, so so just imagine this. I have been with my wife for longer than you've been alive, and I we we very well could be your parents for all you know. <laughs> yes, because on this podcast we have determined I'm all of eighteen years old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. So, Kate, so you're in a relationship, and it's been thirty five fucking years. That's insane. Amazing. Um. So, how did you meet your wife? And and. I'm always curious to know um, how you like how long it took you to one make it official, and then two, um, how did you know she was she was the one? Great question. Um, well, I met my wife on set. I was an aspiring director, and she was an aspiring actor. And we, uh, I kind of thought she was pretty hot, and I <laughs> invited her to a party at my house, and. Uh, I think she thought it would be like an industry thing. Probably. And, you know, <laughs> cue Louie Louie. It was basically a kegger. And uh, <laughs> uh, 
Um, because the other part about my relationship is my wife is 11 years older than me. Awesome. So when I first ha- asked her to the party, she thought it was professional. At the party, I asked for her um, uh, for her home number because I only had her agent's number. Mm. And I asked in an ex- incredibly dorky way. Which is I, what? I said, there's a problem with your resume. And she, as an aspiring actor, was very freaked out. And she said, what is it? And I said, it doesn't have your home number on it. <laughs> <laughs> so she kind of made a face like, oh, I see where this is going. Right. So she gave me her number. And I called her up the next day. Uh-huh. Because I don't believe that you have to play coy. Yeah. I don't like think some, so either. Someone you like. I don't think yeah. you can. I think this whole overplaying your hand thing is bullshit. I yeah. think that if you like someone, let them know. Because the worst thing that can happen is you like someone and they never know. And yeah. then it just, you know, I'm not interested in someone who's not into me. I want someone who's into me, right? Totally. Uh, that goes both ways, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I advocate don't play games either. I tell people do just be a nice person. Yeah. So the next day I called her up. And I uh, I, I uh, um, asked her out, mm-hmm. and it was a very, I think, bold move because this was on a Sunday. The party was on a Saturday, and Tuesday was Valentine's Day. Oh. So I asked her out for Valentine's Day. Bold, wow, that is bold. Like, nowadays, that would be yeah. considered, like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, Valentine's Day? And He's trying to get married? <laughs> she uh, uh, She started laughing. And she said, you know, I'm probably 10 years older than you. And I made up for my very unsuave request for her phone number with the suavest move I've ever made. Amazing. Which was, oh, then you'll get along great with my parents. Oh, oh my God. Um, and, and it is still family lore that that actually was a spontaneous uh, comeback to that. And she loved that. So we went out and... She uh, laid down some ground rules. Well, we we snogged a bit. But, uh, <laughs> I want to know what definition of snogging we means. Uh, I've been working what in the UK too much. Are we- right. uh, snogging is just snogging. Making is, out. It's just making out. Okay, yeah. got it. And she laid down some ground rules that she was not comfortable going any further until the project was over, mm. which I thought was showed some Good integrity. Yeah. And, Definitely. And, and it was kind of like nice because it wasn't like the three-date rule. It wasn't like, like uh, um, her trying to figure out when it was okay. She was kind of too old for bullshit. And, right. and I was, you know, I liked the clarity of yeah. knowing Oh, you're not trying to see how long I'll hold out. You know, you're not trying to pretend you're a virgin, but you're, you know, but this is for you, it's a professional integrity thing. And what I didn't know that, and I now know, is I bear, is my wife is someone of incredible integrity, and those types of things are very important to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so we hung in there and we did the project together. We were completely professional. I don't think we, I think I let some of the crew know, and she didn't let the cast know. I think I was probably a big mouth about it, that we were hanging out. You were, like, so excited. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're I, like, I, I scored. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, the rest is, as they say, history. We moved in together about six months later. Wow. wow. I think we were all—we were both kind of of a, uh, of a monogamous frame of mind, so mm-hmm. we yeah. weren't the type of person at that stage in our lives— mm-hmm. um, started dating rather young and she had done plenty of dating at that time. So at that stage, we were both at the point where, where 
I think we were, it was just too complicated yeah. to be dating more than one person at one yeah. time. Totally. Or why mm-hmm. do it? Can I be honest? That's like my thing about like polyamorous relationships, which I'm like, God bless. Like right. I am totally cool with anybody in any lifestyle. But my personal thing is I'm like, God damn, I could not handle like more than one. Like one is a lot. Queens, Fab Fit Fun is a women's lifestyle subscription box filled with full-size premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, and wellness products that are sent straight to your doorstep each season. They take the hassle out of shopping by doing it for you. Each box is customized to your specific interests, and they deliver the seasonal must-haves you need. I didn't know what to expect when my box came, but I felt so special. It's like they knew me. I got fabulous hair and wellness products, a gourmet cheese board, and my favorite, which I legit needed, a new traveling yoga mat. These boxes sell out fast, so get yours today. They retail for $49.99, but the items always have a value of over $200. You're getting $200 worth of full-size items for just $49.99. But kind of dating listeners can get $10 off your first box by going to www.fabfitfun.com and use the coupon code dating. That's www.fabfitfun.com fun.com and use the coupon code dating for $10 off your first box. Well, it's, it's kind of like the, there's all the talk about, uh, um, uh, about polygamy and, and, and cultures in which yeah. that's practiced, but it's seen as being a financial issue as well as an emotional issue as opposed right. once it's allowed, if it, even if it's considered okay, it's like, do you really want this? It's a prof- yeah, yeah. Be careful what you wish you for. You know, we had Dedeker situation. on the show. Right. Oh, you had De- yeah. well, Dedeker is the one who <laughs> look here. Here's the thing: Dedeker is, from Utopia. That's where John and I met. We both worked on. That. I, I know Dedeker well, and she and Dedeker's great. And it's like I'm into whatever makes you happy. Like yeah, if that yeah, works totally. for her, that's great. It would be. I think that for. I have a lot of things going on in my life. I have a complicated work life. Totally. I am always juggling multiple projects. And I think that it's really helpful that my relationship is not something right. that I have to think about other than give it the time that it needs to, to, to prosper. And my wife and I have some very separate aspects of our lives. Mm-hmm. The other Which big- we're going to pause because we're going to get to that <laughs> for the next episode. Okay. But for this one, I, I want to know, like, how did you know she was she was the one? How did you know? Um, I think I was at a place in my life, even though I was pretty young, that I had done a fair amount of dating. And I was, at, I, I think I took a very, what would be associated with a more female approach to dating at that point, which is, as soon as I realized someone was not someone I wanted to spend the, spend the yeah. rest of my life with, I stopped dating them. Mm. Um, and basically, I waited for that to happen. Did you tell with my, them or did you ghost them? <laughs> uh, well, uh, this is pre-social media. and, yeah, and ghosting, uh, I guess, in those days where I wouldn't just, call yeah, you. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I, I like closure. Yeah. And I so would you always pursue, a good person. Yeah. yeah it was just some of it's the time, but I think for me, closure is better for everybody. I don't understand the ghosting thing. Um, I have it happen to me professionally all the time. Sure. Now yeah, with like yeah. someone who you know, ghosts you for not out of Ill, Ill intent, just they just stop responding to yeah. something. And I just think it's a, it's a low class, yeah, low totally. character move. Yeah. It, it, not just in dating, professionally. No, editing. totally. I think if you see yourself ghosting anyone in any context, unless they're like a stalker and you're trying to get them out of your right. life, 
it's just, it's, it's weak sauce. You know, it is yeah. not something that is, you should be proud of. It is something you should be ashamed of and you should try and not do it. Right. <laughs> so this episode, we're talking about the mistakes single people make. And one of the things, so I don't know if this is interesting to people, but uh, approximately 45% of adult Americans over 18 are single. And that's in America. So that's half the population. Wow. It's a record number of singles in this country. Um, I think there's obviously a lot around the world also. People are getting married later. That's a, a large trend, having fewer kids, all of that stuff. So in your opinion, what are some of the reasons? And we're, we're going to go through it through this episode. But like, what are some of the reasons you think people are kind of at that stage right now? Like, what's happened? Well, I think um, uh, that a lot of it is social media dating has uh, led to the perfection uh, paradox or complex <laughs> yeah. or whatever it's called, which yeah. is people. it's hard to settle on one person when there's always, you know, a million other people that are ready to be looked at and swipe mm -hmm. at and that sort of thing. So I think some people get caught up on that. Um, I had stopped dating before uh, be before the Tinder like revolution. Right. Yeah. So I, I it's. But I, do you I, ever think of like what your younger self might have done in that? Like in if you did have, uh, you know, this crazy tool of just access to mm. people you would never have had access to, like how. Because at, at some point, I still think it it can kind of come down to your own. Uh, like how a person's like you sort of said like character in a way like the internet is technically the most powerful tool in the world some people use it to harm others and gain knowledge to harm others and some people use it as a way to connect and and get knowledge for positive things so yeah i would have been very vulnerable to the temptations of of social media dating if it was around when i was dating yeah. for the simple reason that that's how i treat restaurants like if yeah. i'm traveling I have to find the—I just got back from an international trip, and I had planned every dinner and every lunch and where I was going to eat, and I had backups in case I right. couldn't get in. Like, I want the best of yeah. everything. So I yeah. could have easily been victimized that if I had started dating mm -hmm. at a different time. However, I think that where—what has to happen is you have to get to a place where the, the roots of your relationship go deep enough that— it, you stop looking for that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like here I am doing a, um, a, a, uh, podcast with two of the more beautiful women I've seen in a very long time <laughs> and a dude. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and, uh, it's very easy for me, for me to think of you not, not like prospective dating prospects, uh, age difference aside and everything else, yeah. but as, you know, people to relate to in a different way because that part of my life is really covered yeah. and mm -hmm. I'm not constantly searching for more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm there now, but if this was happening when I was dating, I don't, it, it would, it could have been challenging yeah. for me. I'd like to think I would have still made the right choices. Yeah. Um, but I can see how it's, it, it's tough for people. Yeah, because I I always find the the app culture actually really fascinating in that I'm super picky. Like not, and I don't mean picky like um, oh, they need to like match a certain blah blah blah. <laughs> but I just like I know there's some things like if I see something on somebody's profile that is like they're a smoker or there there right. are things that I know I I wouldn't just wipe because I think they're hot. I will be like, oh, I I know that I probably 
can't live with that. So like left. Right. So that ends up like we for me weeding out a lot of people just in like the basic stuff that I know wouldn't gel with me. Yeah, well, I want to take issue with something you said though yeah, because yeah. you said I wouldn't describe because they were hot as though the hotness was the primary uh, uh, driver of It who, is uh, for a lot of people. Well I, well, I know, but I think that that's, that is a, a failure in the system. Yes. Yeah, because I agree. Because I think that, like, think of how often you've met someone in work or in, in socially in some way, and it's like they may not have been someone you would have swiped. Right. Is, is it right? Is right the yeah, direction? Yeah, right is okay. the, yes. <laughs> okay. Like you're making the right decision. Got it, okay. Uh, yes. Got it. Um, it That's but, just what I assume. But it may not have been someone you would have swiped right on, but once you get to know them, so true. They, they become sexy, they become interesting because yeah. of all the things that they're doing and all the things about their lives. So I actually think a great a counterattack that, that <laughs> singles can make who are having trouble finding romance in social media is to go old school and focus on people that are at your gym or people who are mm. at well gym obviously is a little superficial yeah, too yeah. But, but people you meet at work people you meet in socially friends of friends yep. getting fixed up by friends of, of people who they think you might like who may not be someone you would swipe right on but you give them a chance sure, yeah. but you also have to go beyond the swipe like when you first meet someone you can't have a swipe mentality mm-hmm. and right. I I think that you're going to find that the things that you discover about them in that context have will, will lead to a longer-lasting relationship um, than just just seeing your dating process prospects as a subset of everyone you would swipe right on. So, like you just said, and I'm not being I'm not no no on. you Actually, totally, totally can I totally, totally can. can listen come on you, totally do it you, you just you just implied mm-hmm. that okay. You would swipe. This is a guy you would swipe swipe right on, but he's a smoker, so you won't. So your dating pool has been defined by only people you would swipe right on. Now maybe you're not very superficial, and you like someone with a little character. You're not only going for for you know for for uh, uh, for you know hot model hot model type guys and and uh, and Chippendales dancers. But but uh, (laughs) I mean, if they could dance like a Chippendale dancer, that's a bonus. (laughs) Right. Let's be honest. Um, But I don't judge in terms of profession. Come on. But but, uh, I think that that it is a very natural place that people who do their date most of their dating online do. And I work with just like we work together. Most of the people I work with are quite a bit younger than me. Mm-hmm. And I see them going through this. Right. And we they joke with me about it because they know that it's not something I ever had to experience. Yeah. But it is a given that when you get out of a relationship, the first thing you go, you know, people go to is you. Yeah. It, yeah. An app. And there's a, a, a best selling novel that just came out. Uh, um, uh, Fleischer is in trouble. Fleischman's Fleisch, Fleisch, in trouble. Oh, okay. Um, that's about a guy who's out of a relationship and he's just, even though he's an ordinary looking guy, all the divorcees are, he's he's honed in <laughs> not on the the the, the, the uh, 10 years younger than him, but the his age and a little older. Right. And he's the cat's meow. I like love he, it. And he's really into it for a while until other problems but happen. But here's my sure. only thing about, uh, so I actually, th- the problem with this attraction part is like, it's really a, a problem of the product itself, which mm. is the, the this app, because um, I agree that, like, my longest relationships weren't with people that would qualify as in an objective hot. Uh-huh. But they were super hot to me because I was attracted to their personality and all those things, right, that come. But at the same time, it's like, 
how are you supposed to do that? I actually don't meet most people on an app. Like I've tend, I've tended to meet people like all my relationships were in real life where somebody set me up like, and that was great with for me. In, in, but, in, but I wonder like, what space, is the- space as it's referred to. <laughs> right. in, in, as opposed to in, cyberspace, yeah, it's meet, meet space. Or IRL, yes, in IRL. Um, but uh, like- IRL, right. <laughs> in real life. Yeah, I got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if- uh, how are you supposed to get to a point? Because like for you with your wife, let's say, yeah. right? When you met her, you must have found her attractive first objectively for you, for you to have wanted to even ask her out. I'm not suggesting you date the elephant man, okay? I'm just <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, I'm so just... when they're swiping, like they're, you have to admit that attraction stuff. has to be first, yeah, yeah. but you can't be, you can't harp on it to a point that like they have to look like an Adonis. Or she has to look like a fucking beauty queen. Like, well, yeah, but I, but I think that the, by putting the photo up there as the very, very first thing you respond the to, like, there, think of how many people you've swiped left on that you've, you know nothing other than that one photo. What if we created it's an so app? Yes. What if we created an app where the first thing was a first opening statement? That, and yeah. you couldn't, you like couldn't that. see mm-hmm. a picture until you saw, oh my God, guys, I just... I swear That's to God, if somebody fucking steals this, I will kill you well, well, because I'm going to make this. It's uh, And I think you could go through multiple levels, okay? Cause yeah. Because, like, like, okay, let's think about, like, attraction is, of course, important, mm-hmm. okay? But also, people get more attractive as they are more successful, yes. as, they are, as they are funnier. Yeah, totally. Um, so, I think that if, what, so what I if you— I love funny. Okay, we're going to create this—we're going to crowdsource this app right yeah. now, okay? So, what, what you start with is, like, your opening statement, okay? Yeah. I would say, next you say— what do you do now professionally and what are your hopes and dreams? Mm-hmm. If someone starts with, I'm a believer, it's just like, <laughs> fuck off, okay? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, totally. come on, like, let's be real. This yeah. Is, yeah. But to uh, somebody out there, the believer is like wonderful. That, yeah. But that's good to know. Yeah. It's, right. import- it's information to know. Right, and so the third thing is, is say something, tell us something, tell me something funny. Mm, okay. Yeah. And if if I'm oh, putting so my profile on, that's the thing I'm going to focus the most on. Right. But but see with the and and I think people have to to gauge it that like they don't have to be funny if if you're funny is whatever, like somebody out there doesn't want a funny person. Somebody out there <laughs> got bullied by somebody who was funny and oh. they want somebody who's like a straight shooter. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't but that's a good ever. thing. I think it's good for people to know that so before maybe that guy, they even swipe. Maybe that guy tells a dad joke, you know, and that's, yeah, that's like, what I mean. It, yeah. yeah. Whereas and then like somebody out there loves that. Like I would tell a joke, you know, that is a little edgy right, that, that yeah, people right. might have a a a reaction to that yeah. sounds naughtier than it is. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I would like, tell. Yeah. Would I would tell your... a joke like like what's the difference between being black and being gay? If you're black, you don't have to tell your parents. <laughs> now that sounds like that's going to be a really un PC joke, and I'm sure some snowflake out there will tell me that that's still yeah, very yeah. un PC. But it's also a joke that when you think about it, it's kind of innocent, yeah. and it kind totally. of is like you know is is. And my feeling is is someone who found that joke funny would be someone I would want to go out with, and someone who said that I'm outraged that you would right. tell that yeah. joke would you be would be like yeah. would would be like you know uh, not someone I would want to hang out. Absolutely. with. I agree. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing. Sorry for anyone I've offended with that. No, please. Um, so, uh, another thing, I mean, that we, you know, we were sort of talking about of like some of the mistakes maybe some single people are making is like just being jaded, right? Even the approach yeah. of like not being open because some shit has happened to them in the past. Do you see that a lot? 
Yeah, I mean, everyone carries around the baggage of their past mm -hmm. yes. relationships. And I think that the biggest challenge is how can you not project that onto new people? Mm -hmm. Because what, like, I don't want to pay for if I'm, it's funny me saying this, if I'm dating someone, like, like I haven't done it so long. But, but I think that-, that but when when you guys yeah. were dating, did well, that I ever come up? I certainly date, uh, dated, well, not with my, my not with my wife, but certainly people I dated before that. Mm -hmm. I had to deal with people who were, uh, um, who had had, who had been hurt before. Right. And needed me to know all the details of it. Mm. And, and, and maybe it was just too soon or whatever. And that's, it's hard because that's what you're going through. Right. But what you're going to find is you're going to find a rescuer if you yeah, do that. And totally. if that's what you that's want, point, yeah. that's fine. But like— And I think that—I I think they secretly do. I think people do that hoping that somebody else out there will fix them, but right. they don't realize them doing that is actually like sort of like the other Turning side is like, what off. the fuck mm -hmm. do I have to do to make this person happy? Yeah, Like they're well, not reading those cues. Well, people have different— criteria of what they want mm -hmm. in that world. I certainly know plenty of rescuers out there who are seeking that kind of thing. And, you know, for me, having someone who's fiercely independent is super, super important. Um, you, I mean, you know this, but yeah. my wife is a competitive archer and she yeah. travels around the Sick. country doing that. <laughs> She's like a real life Katniss. That's yeah. awesome. Um, and I do production and I yeah. travel around doing that. And right. so obviously trust is important in any relationship, yeah. but trust for people who travel separately a lot is even more mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. And, uh, our relationship would not survive if we did not have that. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and so, but also our relationship would not survive if either of us was too needy and resented the other right. person doing yeah. that. So, And that's why you definitely, you got to find also somebody like at, at your own wavelength, which is if you guys are both free-spirited, but have a level of trust, like that's the, the kind mm -hmm. of person you should be. Well, and like you, you mentioned, you started with smokers being like a deal breaker kind of thing. Those are the kinds of deal breakers you can, those are the easier ones. And I totally. think it's yeah. harder to say, um, you know, do I want do I do I want to rescue someone? I don't think anyone says I want to yeah, rescue yeah. someone. They just are like that. Mm -hmm. So those are harder yeah. things to articulate. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the other thing that's a really big factor is my wife and I don't have kids, and mm. that makes a lot of things a lot easier for mm -hmm. us sure. and allows us the freedom to do other things. Was that something you guys had a, like sort of been cool with in the beginning? Yeah, we went back and forth, but it's always been as a team. Right. And and they're never, you know, we and we had the discussion before we got married and we agreed we would continue having it and see how we continued to feel. And it's, I just think it should not be a given that if you're going to be in a long-term relationship that necessarily you have to have kids. And yeah. obviously if you feel like you have to have kids, you should not be spending any yeah. time with someone who does yeah, not want to have kids yeah. and thinking they're going to change. And my that's been one of my personal mm -hmm. things is like, I'm unsure. Right. I, I love the idea. And I'm like, oh, maybe one day, maybe with the right person, but also maybe not. So like, so like, if, <laughs> so if I'm you, very, but I tell people that, but then I have, I've tended to date people who are like, I want this. Yes. And so then I'm like, well, you should rethink that. <laughs> well, but, but if, but if you case. were, if, if there was a guy who you were interested in who really, was said, I am never going to have kids. I'm confident I had a bad relationship with my father, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Would you continue to date that guy knowing that you would never be able to have kids with that guy and see if the relationship was worth giving up that possibility? Mm, no. Interesting. Okay. And that's, yeah. So like, that happened where I dated somebody and then he said, I 
didn't want kids for sure. And I said, well, my thing is I'm not sure. And that yeah. makes it like weird for me because I'm like, I don't know. I just know I don't want it right now. Right. And But I don't know what the possibility will be for me to have it later. But there are other options of like adoption that I'm open to. Yeah. But I'm also not like, I'm just not married to any. Well, what's interesting know. about that response to me is there's two ways of interpreting I'm not sure. One is, I'm not sure if I want them, mm -hmm. okay? And so I'm willing to be swayed. I, I'll go out with guys who have to have them because I I could be persuaded. And if I'm with someone right. who's good, a co-parent would be in is great. Yeah. And I'm not sure I want them, so I'm willing to go out with someone who is adamant they don't want them because if everything else about the relationship is gay, is great, I'm feeling, I feel like I'd be willing to give that up. That's sort of one way to look at it, but I think— you probably want to date guys who aren't sure either because then you can figure it out together, right? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, my ex who I was living with, uh, when we talked about like the future, he had said, and this is our conversation before we moved in together. I said, like, what what are you looking for long term? And do you want kids? And he was like, yes. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm. Um I, and and everybody at that time I was a no kid person I was like no but this is somebody I loved so much that I was like okay okay I I would you know be okay if this was us doing it together but my thing was like not right now and then he yeah. was like okay and I was like so while from now <laughs> and he was like okay and I was like all right then right. let's discuss that later so you know um, but yeah I think like if somebody is like no that might be a harder. Right. Just because it just closes Shut the door and I'm just not totally sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, well, also, I guess it's better to go into relationships with being open-minded about a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of what city you want to live in, what, uh, you know, it, it, just because then you can come to those conclusions together. I mean, it is good to be upfront if you know for sure you feel yeah. a certain yeah. way. Um, but I think that it's, it's uh, if you don't have open dialogue about these things and you aren't willing to— to, I don't think we should be trying to change our partners, but we should be willing to change ourselves, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, totally. you know? makes sense. Um, I think that this notion of I can fix him or her is uh, is, is 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 not a good path it to is go not, on. I, I actually <laughs> joke, I'm like, life is not a Coldplay song, my friend. Um, which is like, I will fix you, don't do it. Um, what about uh, lack of courtship? Do you feel that, Aish? Like, do you think one of the mistakes yeah. that people make now is we don't even, half the time, people don't date. They're always hanging out. Yeah. They're always— Yeah. It's either— Friends it's either, with it's benefits. Like, exactly. Casual. It's either casual and it takes forever and then nothing happens, or they just jump into it real quick yeah. without actually doing the, you know, the meaty groundwork. So, like, now— There's no they, patience. Yeah. Like, <laughs> according to Match, they say 29% of people went from a relationship after hanging out. Right. Which I hate. I'm like, if somebody was like, oh, let's hang out. I'm like, I have friends I hang out right. with. Like, I'm good in that department. Mm -hmm. But by the way, the other thing is, is if these are people that are in their early, early 20s, it's one thing. If these are people that are doing well, it in their 30s, saying. it's and just kind of sad. Yeah, 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 yeah but yeah. That's, that is what it is. Like, a lot of people now, um, you know, do— uh, even in their 30s are like, let's hang out. Let's Ugh. whatever. Or we're like, we're talking. That's why this is called kind of dating. Right. Nobody <laughs> says it. They're like, I'm kind of dating this guy. Right. And then that leaves this weird amb ambiguity. But when you, what do you think about the courtship factor of singles now? Like well, that well, we do or don't? Well, I think that a lot of I, I, guy, this is guy perspective yeah, stuff yeah. is there's just fear of rejection. Mm -hmm. Like if you have to ask someone out on a date, it's, 
it's asking for a level of commitment. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're hanging out and you're at a right. party and you're in somewhere and you try and grab a kiss and you get rejected, you can say, oh, sorry, that was the booze or whatever. Right. It doesn't, it, you you can deny that you ever had any romantic intentions. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. therefore, if they're, if they are rejecting you, you can say, no, no, you're not rejecting me because I wasn't putting it out there. Mm -hmm. Asking someone out on a formal date is, is a yeah. form of commitment. And if I were a woman, I'd like to think that I would want that from a guy and find that kind of sexy that he was willing to put himself out there. That's risk, what I think. Yeah. Risk rejection. Yeah. So guys out there, like <laughs> ask women out on a date. If you're if yeah. you're broke as fuck, who, who cares? Like go out to a pub. Like yeah, do be some, creative yeah. about what you do. It, exactly. There's so yeah. much stuff, especially in LA, where outside yeah. we can do you so can much. You can even go to a beach. Yes. Like hey, yeah. let's have a beach day and mm -hmm. do a picnic or whatever. Who gives a fuck? I yeah. don't know. And, and then, by the way, and if you go out with someone and they're judgy because you took them on a date that didn't involve you blowing a lot of dough, that's probably not something then, you want to exactly. be with anyway. You know. But yep. but by putting yourself out there, like like I said, I like clarity. So mm -hmm. I think I think asking asking people out is uh, gives you great clarity. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, in today's uh, um, gender-confused times, <laughs> yes. I, I don't know what to think about the notion of like, it feels it feels like it's against the grain of what I just said for me to say, I don't think women should ask guys out. And I guess my feeling is, if a woman's into a guy saying, and says, hey, do you want to go out sometime? Right. Like, why not? Do you see that happening a lot? I, um, you know, uh, have you asked a guy out? I... Uh, I haven't, but what I do is like when I'm into somebody and I know that they're nervous, of, like scared of me, I will flirt to a point make that easier, I'm like, yeah. make them ask me out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, go ahead. You can do yeah. this now and it's safe. <laughs> Natasha's like, have you seen me? No, do you not, really think I, just, I have to ask anyone out? No, no, I do. When I have all this going on? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, but like all my, like my high school ex, I remember who I was with for four years. He, he really, really liked me and I never... Um, and he was just so, so scared. And so then I literally just like on a phone call kept calling him a pussy until he <laughs> <laughs> you, you I was shamed like, him into it. Basically, right. I was like, all liked. right. And like you and, you and we were just, I did it in like a third person thing. I was like, oh, somebody who doesn't is a blah, blah. Yes, and I, then all right. and then I was like, and anytime. <laughs> and then he like was like, Whoa. So that's practically asking him out. Yeah, that's so, what I mean. That's uh, that's about, what I was back door. How about you? I definitely haven't. Um, just because I'm just a shy little wuss. <laughs> so I wouldn't do it. But what? I have definitely like thrown out the hints out there so that it eventually happens. Well, uh, is there also something whereby you want a guy who has the balls to ask you out? Definitely, yeah. I prefer that. I mean, that's... So, <laughs> I, so guys, like, it's like rejection, rejection lasts like a second. Yeah. And you could be, by by being a pussy, not asking out the, like, the your future life partner. So, yeah. come on. Well, and the thing is, like, it's... Uh, it's better to know right away. If somebody's not Agreed. vibing with you, don't take it like it's a you thing. It's not really. It's just sometimes people don't vibe on that level. Like I've met wonderful people, some people that other people would consider really hot, but I'm not into them in that way. And that's not like a, you know, don't take it in like a personal thing when we yeah. when we do get re what a quote unquote rejected. Um you kind of mentioned something a little bit. Gender, gender roles are changing and right. all of this. Like, what do you think of you know, the the sort of rise of feminism and the swapping of gender roles in a way when it comes to like as a reason of like the mistakes that we are making as singles dating because I think it's a factor that feminism is on the rise. 
And um, and I think it's confusing people, including women, which I've openly talked to a lot about. It's like, I feel like our messaging is not um, homogenous yet. Like we're not on the same page about things and, and the approach. So one woman would be like, oh, I, I want to be able to ask him out. And so then that's the message we're telling guys. But then another end, we're also saying, you should have the balls mm-hmm. to ask her out. And, he, and he's like, well, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I thought, I thought I was supposed to wait for her to ask me out. <laughs> I, thought, I thought if I open a door for her, she's going to get offended. But if I don't open a door for her, she's offended. Right. So do you think that that is also a, like— because I'm trying to back in, in, you know, when you were younger and you were dating, <laughs> I, I caught myself it was a simpler saying time. back in the day. It was, it was, it was a what simpler I'm saying, time. Was yeah. it? Um, look, I mean, it, it's it is true. I, I as someone who offends a lot of people, <laughs> it's, it's easy for me to which I love. I don't well, even find you offensive. Well, I think you're super funny. You, you um. You, there are parts of my past that you may not know, Natasha. So I don't care. We're all. <laughs> I, so I was raised on a seventies commune with oh. like naked people running around, wow. and some of those na- na- naked people were super, super hardcore feminists, including it, sometimes there were people who lived there who were separatists who did not even communicate with men at all. Wow! And so I was exposed to uh, um, feminism and extreme forms of it right. uh, quite early in life. And then sort of went through the the wild and woolly eighties and nineties in the entertainment industry when uh, when harassment was rampant everywhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I went through all this with a, a partner and was not taking yeah. part of that. But but also have seen in some ways like an off color joke treated with the the same gravity as grabbing as someone grabbing someone's ass. Mm-hmm. So I think that that we live in a very confusing time for that. The age of outrage. Yes, exactly. And I don't I think that basically I would say that no one should grab anyone's ass. <laughs> yep. But that yes. if people are overly offended by something someone says, it's if if, if someone's offended by something I say, I do try and take a look at that and say, yeah, I really should shut the fuck up more often. You know, like, should I have told that joke? Like, I'm all, I'm still thinking that right now. Like, yeah, I know we're on a podcast and we're all friends, but someone's going to be upset by that. And I don't want to oh, upset okay. anybody. Oh, it's okay. I but, upset people all the time. But, but in this day and age, it's like you, <laughs> you, you don't really know. Right. And I think the key to it is you need to surround yourself with with um I hate to say like-minded people because I think you, you never want to surround yourself with just people who agree with you. Yeah. Because that's what's led led to mm-hmm. the divided states of America. But but you want to surround yourself with people who have the same comfort level that you do with this sort About of discourse. Right. Yeah. Now where this gets really complicated is in the workplace. Because yeah, in, right. in the workplace there is so much sensitivity and so much litigation and so many things like that. And we are in a in a world where you just have to be super, super careful on a professional level mm-hmm. um, and hold yourself to the highest standards yeah. you possibly can and not put yourself in situations uh, that are going to be difficult. But outside of the workplace, I think that the best way to control that is to just realize you're never going to please everybody. Mm-hmm. To go back to your example, if you— uh, uh, um, if you know, if you're in the, I'm going to offend them if I, if I open the door. If I don't do open the door, 
I think you have to decide, am I the kind of guy who wants to open the door? Like, exactly. I, like, I want to open the door for anybody, man or woman. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And if a woman is going to be offended because I open the door for her and I'm just going to open for anybody, my heart's in the right place, yeah. I feel like. And mm-hmm. I just— That's a really good point. I'm like, right. have a nice day. Like, that's just not yeah. someone I want in my yeah. life. Yeah. And I think we all should be in a place where we get better at just not having people in our lives who are creating darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, surround ourselves with people of light, not people of darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and have a and look at people's heart, not necessarily people's words. Now, people are saying things that are just completely oblivious yeah. and stupid. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But that's of course subjective. So who yeah. knows what that means? Even totally. You know? So a really long answer for a really complicated question. <laughs> but uh, but overall, I think it's just like people can. Everyone can be a little more sensitive. Yeah. And a little less sensitive. Yeah. yeah. Is the short answer. It's a great point. <laughs> so, um, you know, do you guys have any other sort of you think are uh, mistakes that single people are sort of making? Oh, I have opinions. Yeah, yeah. Please tell me. Um, you, you brought it up with ghosting, okay? Yes. I, I just think directness is so much more valued. Yeah. Um, I think, and part of that is, uh, and uh, is I... I think one of the most important things to any successful relationship uh, of someone you're, especially you're living under the same roof as, is never go to bed mad. Mm-hmm. Yes. Work through it. That you, one we're going to come to as well. Classic. In the well, next episode. <laughs> well, because I won't be on that episode, allow me to get on my soapbox here. No. Well, the funny thing is, is I don't ever uh, want to go to bed mad. Yeah, yeah. And but I process things a little bit more quickly than my mm-hmm. wife does. Mm. So I we uh, sometimes she's still mad, yeah, and not totally over it. And as she tells me, you can have your way, but you, you don't. But I but but uh, and and we can apologize to each other and move on. But I don't have to like it, <laughs> right? I like so, that, yeah. So um, uh, it, it, it's it's just kind of like I think it's important that you. Uh, you don't go to bed mad, yeah, yeah. but I don't think you have to think that the makeup sex is going to happen that night. Right. Uh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and that's— uh, Ghosting is something we've definitely discussed a lot on the show of— um, I have been both. I have been the ghoster and the ghosty. Okay, give I have me been the ghosted. Pro, give me the pro-ghosting reason okay other than I fear have, for your life or I something. was about to yeah, say I, there are a few some are that some people are crazy and you don't want to deal with it and two I think the only times ghosting is ever justified really besides if it's out of safety and yeah. what we tell people on the show is like but if you have been ghosted because this is not something that's most likely going to change in a podcast or two of us talking about and telling people hey you shouldn't ghost yeah um, but what it would do is is like the person who is being ghosted, stop giving a fuck. Because what you have found out is the truth about this other person going through some of their own personal shit. Like whenever I have ghosted somebody, which has usually been like, I very rarely do it now, but it would be, you know, after a date or two. And I just like, this person was super, super like emotional. And then like, I didn't want to deal with their emotions. Or sometimes it was me who was like, I very, you know, chilly ghosted an ex of mine where, you know, he was an ex. And then a couple years later, we ended up like reconnecting and sort of like hung out, hooked up. Mm. And then 
I was like, fuck, he, I know, wants a relationship again. And I don't, and I don't know what to do. And I left and just disappeared for like a month or two. (laughs) But then I apologized later. (laughs) And I was like, I'm sorry. I was a little, little baby. And like, I didn't want to deal with my emotions. So what I'm saying, there's never justified, but it will happen. And there are times that it's like, people are just doing it because they're dealing with their own shit. It's very rarely about this other person not being worthy of me having a, you know, it's because I'm dealing with my own or lack of inability to deal with my emotions. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and. (laughs) Yes. Um, We're we're doing improv. Exactly. Yes, and. Um, I think that if you are the ghoster, yes, the classy move to do is to give one chance at closure. Okay, so you can say, "I wish you well, but I'm just not interested in this relationship anymore," or whatever it is, and let them do a thousand texts after that. And and but now you have put a period on mm-hmm. the sentence. Like I think that that those who have ghosted before and who have said. Well, I may as well ghost this next one because I'm a ghoster, always a cheater. <laughs> Once a, a cheater, always a cheater. Once a ghoster, always yeah. a ghoster. If you've if you've ghosted before, turn it up a notch. Mm-hmm. Take if you've ghosted because you don't want to deal with right. you're dealing with an emotional person, take one stab at putting a period at the sentence. And if they don't take the hint, you could be you can feel clean about yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. On, yeah. From a ghostie's standpoint. I think there's two things going on. First of all, you're dealing with the immaturity and lameness of the ghoster. Yes. And second of all, in some cases, I think the ghoster is enjoying the fact that them ghosting is driving you crazy. So you can combat those two things and reclaim the power by you putting the period on the sentence. Yeah. And saying, clearly you're in a place where you don't feel comfortable responding. Just know I harbor you no ill will and I wish you the best. And you put the period on the end of the sentence and reclaim, thereby reclaim the power. Um, and if they come back and say something to you, depending on what it is, you could decide to respond or not. Or you can then say, I have ended this and yeah. therefore yeah. I win. I, 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 love, I love that approach for sure. Um, I actually try to tell people like, do that on the inside. I don't even really think you need to tell the other person. I think your period is by just not responding, which isn't, or just not re-engaging this person. If somebody's not going to come back to you, why do you need to even go out and see? Unless you can be that um, uh, sort of confident and like a quiet confidence of, hey, um, I know that you might be, unable to have a conversation right now. I wish you well. Most people never come with that attitude um, because it's just not, it it takes a lot of processing to come there. But you can do it on the inside, which is like, you don't have to wish them ill will. Just be like, okay, cool. This person didn't show up the way I thought they would. And like, goodbye. But I want to advocate doing it on the outside (laughs) too. Now, just to know, this is something, even though I have been dating for a while, it, it comes up professionally when people interview with a job for me. Or, and like, I'm going to offer them a job and they just don't respond to anything because they've taken something else. Uh, like it's, um, yeah, I, right. I also teach and st- I've had students who, who, well, it's happened both like someone who I would like to ghost and I have to stop myself from doing it if someone is being argumentative about why they didn't get a job or something right. like that. And, in this, and you have to be careful, like if you give them too many reasons, it right. can give them cause for litigation, you know, or whatever. Um, and 
So I think, but I think closure is always good for everyone. Just re- yeah. that word is just, so like I said, if you can, if you can put the period on, if the person wants to engage and wants specifics and say, sorry, we just had yeah. a wealth of great candidates and we just went another direction. Yeah. And then if they keep going, then you can keep, res- you can stop responding yeah. to it, you know? I think so. Yeah. Um, but I think that, that it, it is, it's just like, if you have a, a friend who you have a big falling out with, Think of how, if it's like five years later that you finally can can kind of bury the hatchet, that feels great. Mm-hmm. And I know you can't always do it the next day, but what if you had done that four years and eight months earlier instead, yeah. then you wouldn't have had that hanging around on you. Like, we don't need to carry around this stuff. Yeah. And closure in relationships, in professional situations, with friends that we're fighting with— is just helps you carry around less baggage. Mm-hmm. And to bring it back to the topic, that stuff, baggage, you don't carry into your relationships. Right. Right. Um, as we're wrapping out, how do we overcome some of these mistakes? And, and one of the things I was really interested in is like, you know, you had also mentioned your parents who'd been together for 61 years. And it's wow. like, what can we learn, I think, from past generations and in, in the good approaches that they've had and apply it here. I think one of the reasons um, our generations and all coming generations are always informed by the past. And I think it's sometimes that we looked at the the negatives Mm -hmm. and just harped on that, which is in the past, because they didn't have options, that's why they stuck with that one person and they settled and they— but if you look at it on the, that's the negative way of looking at it, right? On another way of looking at it is like, well, they also learned how to work through things. Right. And they also learned that love isn't just like a feeling. It's also an action and it's something that can grow. And how do you, I mean, what do you think about that? Um, okay. I think the key to any long lasting relationship is really simple. None of us are perfect, despite mm-hmm. what uh, what what Tinder wants you to look for. I mean, I'm pretty perfect. <laughs> none of us are perfect. Not even you, Natasha. Um, none of us are perfect, but a long-lasting relationship comes from finding someone who we really appreciate their greatest assets and their biggest detriments are just things that don't bother us that much. Right. And that that goes both ways. Mm-hmm. So, for example— uh, I mentioned that my wife had a lot of integrity, and that's something that I've come to really, really appreciate. And the fact that she grew up in a military family and she could be a little stuffy about some things, eh, it doesn't bother me that much. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that I'm uh, 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 irreverent and put my foot in my mouth sometimes doesn't bother uh, uh, her so much, and I make up for it by keeping life interesting. Yeah. Right. And so I think that that everyone has to, we've talked about some deal breakers and stuff early on. I think that when it's tough to know those going into a relationship, but when you're, you know, when you're with a guy or a girl and you see like, and, and, and you're, you're trying to check in and see how that relationship is going, I think it's good to look at. I really love this about this person. They have this flaw. How much does that bother me? In twenty, in 10 years, is that going to bother me? Am I going to be saying, oh, if I hear him say one more thing like that, right. he's, he's such a Donnie Downer. He's so negative. I, would, I need someone more positive. 
well, if he's negative about things, but you can brighten him up, maybe he's okay. Yeah. Or maybe it really bothers you and you shouldn't be with him. Yeah. So I think that's the key is figuring out what are those things that you're willing to look past Mm -hmm. and that you value in the person. Do you think people were also tougher back in the day? Because like one of my things is I always tell people I'm like dating isn't hard. It's only like the whole hard part is managing your feelings before and after it. Because I think our generation does not know how to cope with feelings. And and so where it's like rejection. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to go home and cry and try to figure out like why I'm such a shitty person. It's like, why do you need to do that? This just didn't fuck. Like I've been ghosted. I don't even think about it twice. I'm like, whatever, man. Like, cool. Because You're lost. No, not, I'm just like, I don't even go there. I'm just like, it is what it is. And I know that, that this didn't work out and I don't internalize anything and I move on and I'm like done like who cares um but but I also think that like the older generations were tougher when it came to like handling feelings like now we talk about the age of outrage and sensitivities and all of that um and I don't mean like political evolution I think a political correctness is a good thing I think certain parts of evolution are are important but um but in terms of like in the dating world you know, handling rejection or feelings or... Yeah, I think that that the... Um, I'm going to sound like uh, a get-off-my-lawn old man with this, of course, but of course <laughs> people, we were tougher back then. We had to be... We had to ask people out. Like, even asking them out on the phone was scary, you know? Yeah. We didn't yeah. have email back in my yeah. day. Come on. And that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. It's good for yeah. people to hear it was also scary but, then. But it's it, not it, like it, it's it was, less scary. It was fucking terrifying. Are you kidding me? But... We got closure more easily, Mm. and so in some ways it was cleaner. So I think you can still tap into that and say, "Hey, I want that closure too." So I'm gonna only I'm gonna date people in meat space for a while, and I'm (laughs) gonna I'm gonna could do IRL. Yeah, Um, and I and I and I think that you can take yourself back to that time because with that toughness came confidence. With that toughness came closure. With that 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 toughness came less baggage. But it, you know, it's permeated everywhere right now. The, mm-hmm. the relationships or the, your dating life is protected by the fact that there's a million people available to you on social media. If you if right. you if you lose this relationship, it's yeah. not like you're afraid of dying alone. There's mm-hmm. all these other people that are about to be there. Whereas back in the day, you had to be afraid of oh, if I'm rejected, I'm going to die alone. Yeah. Now people are just lining up in the warming up with the bullpen for you, ready to go. Um, and uh, I just think. Uh, that you're absolutely right and that people should revert to some old school techniques. Um, I I had told you earlier that I thought the the Aziz Ansari book, uh, oh, yes. uh, Modern Romance, which was a surprisingly uh, uh, a researched and technical book that had some really good insights in it, um, uh, ironic due to his, his recent uh, <laughs> adventures, mm. but, but it had some great things. And he ta- looked at arranged marriages and, there were all sorts of statistics that arranged marriages have a higher success rate than mm-hmm. than uh, than other kinds of marriages. Yeah. And he gets into it really good. It's a great book for anyone who wants to look at dating from an analytical standpoint. Um, and uh, um, and I just think it's it's good not to use all these new uh, uh, tools as crutches. Mm-hmm. You, they're tools, not crutches. They're yeah. not something to lean on. It's something that you can use right. to enhance your options. Right. And at a certain point. You may not want those options to go on forever. You may want to say, hey, pick one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Well, that's awesome, John. Um, Thank you so much for being on this episode of the show. You still have one more. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're staying. He's just looking at me like, am I? (laughs) 
I was not told there were two. Yeah, I did. Um, but you're not done. So we ask every guest the same six questions on the show. Um, it's our dating version of the Bernard Pavot questionnaire made famous on Inside the Actors Studio. But these are our original questions. All right. Um, so it's however you perceive the question. We won't say anything. Um, I mean, maybe a little bit, but you know. <laughs> Um, all right, John, you ready for your six questions? Ready. All right. First one. What is the first thing you notice about a potential partner? Smile. I'm, I am i don't know that I could get past arresting bitch face. It's, yeah. it's, uh, I think it's that tough. someone who has a sunnier outlook on life is just, I, I need that in my life. What is one deal breaker? Trust. I think that you can't ever recover from a loss of trust. Mm -hmm. I know some couples do, but I don't know that I would be able to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what turns you on? Nobody wants to know what turns on a middle-aged guy. It doesn't have to be sexually. It could be intellectually. Independence. Okay. What turns me on is that I can uh, uh, go off and play poker with my friends and my wife can go off and shoot arrows with hers. <laughs> so and, cool. and we can have... Uh, our separate lives, and it makes our time together all the strong, all the better, and all the stronger. Love it. W tell us one of your strengths and one of your weaknesses in relationships. One of my strengths is that I'm a romantic at heart, so I'm a sucker for the occasional traditional romantic gesture. Uh, my first date, I had a single red rose sitting on the car seat when she got in the car. Oh my god! Very That's sweet. So cute. Um, my weakness is my impatience and my need to resolve conflict quickly and move on. Mm. And I process that stuff quickly and other people, particularly people that I'm married to, do not. <laughs> Always. Um, what is love? Uh, love is you look past someone's weaknesses and you really appreciate their strengths. That's awesome. Um, besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you? Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I could so see that for you. Um, John Kroll, thank you so much for being on the show. How can people find you? Uh, I'm on all your work, <laughs> everything. Just right. plug it all. I, I'm doing more Twitter, uh, more Instagram than Twitter these days. I'm, I'm uh, uh, on Instagram at John F, at John F. Kroll, J-O-N-F-K-R-O-L-L. -L. I'm on Twitter. At hippie kid, H I P P Y K I D. And your shows, your web, do you want your website, whatever you want? Uh, sure. Well, my show, Gordon Ramsay Uncharted, is uh, uh, is airing on National Geographic right now. The We have uh, tonight, as we record this, is the fifth of six episodes, but we're about to shoot eight more. Wow. Nice. Amazing. So exciting. Um, well, thank you again. Um, we are also on social media. We are at Kind of Dating Across the Board. I am on Instagram at Natasha Chandel, Twitter, Natasha underscore Chandel, and Facebook, Natasha Chandel Official. Aisha? <laughs> that was so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I've written it down. I love it. Um, I am at Aisha Says Dance across all social media networks. Woo! Um, thanks, friends, for downloading this episode. If you can please take a few seconds and review us on iTunes and download the rest of our shows, we'd be so grateful. Send us your dating stories and thoughts via voice memo to kindadating at gmail.com. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time.
Kinda Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co-host and our social media producer. Our audio engineer is Adam Pineless. Jenna Ribbing is our associate producer. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yannick and K. Daniel Ellis.